So, okay, I don't, like, I'm kind of weirdly embarrassed to say this. I don't even know how it worked. <laughs> uh, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. okay, I don't, all right, like, I'm not, because, like, if they, like, if they, uh, <laughs> I'm going to lose it. And welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome Brandana Sports Podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 63 for your eardrums. Do us a favor, guys. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Send us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Brandana. And with me, as always, my brofo bringing that stat info, most awesome. Yes, that, sir. Bro. Would you what, your brofo? Brofo. Stat info? Yeah. Oh, I like it. Whipped like you a, up little a little play on mofo. I like little it. Little rhyme there. Whipped it up. I, I I got that for you, bro. That's for you. Thanks, bro. I like it. So how uh, you kind of had a big week on the fact that something that you <laughs> <laughs> relax something that you dropped. Uh, uh, I think about a year ago when we were going kind of like top five players underneath 25 or something like that, like who you'd like to have on the team, you got a little, oh, yes. uh, little vindication, a little justification, not sitting out there on an island by yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So we talked about our best five and five uh, sometime last summer. You go, you guys go look up the pod. Sure. Um, and we were saying like, who's going to have the, who's going to have the league by the, by the cojones, if you will, sure. in five years. And, uh, and so, obviously, I had Giannis. I forget who you had. This is the famous episode where, where I quizzed you on Ben Simmons' threes. Yep, 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 and yep, 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 yep. overshot the moon. Okay, no, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I remember. But then, so anyways, I put my number five as Carl Anthony Towns over one Joel Embiid from the 76ers. So, the man who knows the most basketball probably of anyone on this planet, Bill Simmons, hit his podcast with Ryan Rossillo, minute 27 on the podcast, talking, playing a little game of who would you rather in the next five years, knowing mm-hmm. contract, injury mm-hmm. status, everything, who would you want on your team? He ran down a list of people, got to Carl Anthony Towns, and uniformly everyone said, well, except for his buddy Joe House, but we'll, yeah. we'll leave it. He's not an authority. Both Ryan Rosillo and Bill Simmons both said they'd take Carl Anthony Towns. And I was like, Boom. abdication. Boom. That's right. We Vindicated, baby. Bring in the talent here. That's our talent. Hands off, ringer. All right, guys. Right. We are doing rip from the headlines. We're doing Warriors versus Rockets, the best of the mm. NBA postseason we're going to see. Question mark. We're doing a little new segment, Mab TV, Game of Thrones latte, no foam, no spoilers. We're doing the Neapolitan <laughs> Showdown, top three SNL cast members. We're doing Brandana Gambling Corner. You're going to be seeing a lot of that. This offseason. That's right, guys. We are back in our eight-part series where we do the futures. We got a little new spin on it. I'm going to be a quiz a little bit, but that's coming at you. We're doing the NFC South. And we finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, your hour power starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right, buddy. Rip from the headlines. The Warriors Rocket Series. Why are we talking about that this week, brother? Oh, we're talking about it because of all the series that we were, we've been watching. It, it felt like uh, I kind of postulated this question to you. Like, is this? Yeah. The winner of this series, and this is pre-KD injury, is this is this going to be the champion? Is this the the team that's going to have the 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 steam to make it into the finals and and run with it? Are we seeing that? Like, is 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 this the best series of the bunch? I mean, this is really the finals matchup that that uh, is happening in the semis. Yeah, so it's not quite like the early '90s in the NFL when it was like the Dallas Cowboys versus San Francisco 49ers would go into like fight for who just throttled the bills but it is a little bit of what's weird about this series too is like who kind of took a lax season or what happened why are they not meeting in the championship series and why are they not the one and two seed on their side well uh, because the rockets couldn't clinch the number two seeding it all came down to like the last night of the the season and i think it was okc that they lost to and it really shuffled 
it really shuffled that schedule uh, in a much different manner to which we would have seen. I think it would have been like Denver three, um, and then we would have had the Portland uh, Utah probably four five mm-hmm. in that matchup, and so um, and that Utah that, team you like, they might have been able to make a little bit of a run. Yeah, they might have made. They might have met the 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 Jazz. Might have met the the Warriors in that second round. Um, it would have been very interesting to see how that all shakes out. Um, and that's where one of those things where Harden had it on his shoulders at the end of the season to kind of clinch that two seed, knowing that Golden State had the one and that if they didn't, they were going to be possibly meeting them in the semis. And and they are. And and here we are on recording at Friday night, about 15 minutes from tip off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katie, obviously, we saw last week or last uh, what Wednesday or so mm-hmm. that he went down with that uh, that mild calf strain, as they they said, and they've ruled him out for the semis. He'll be available for the conference finals, but they're at Houston. Golden State is at Houston tonight, and without KD, and we'll see how it'll we'll see how it'll shake out. Okay, so they're already ruling him back to play after this series, and it did. It was scary, right? He did kind of snap his head and looking at that replay, like it was. He thought like it could have been Achilles injury, which you that, know those that's are what everyone speculated yeah. from the beginning. Reggie Miller, the the and and. And they, they speculated that to the Kobe Bryant, where it was like kind of non-contact, just running and turning around, and then looking as if like, what the hell happened? I do remember uh, I had I when we were playing basketball. I think this might have been pre-date co-pilots, but we had this guy on our team. He was like in his 40s. He went up for a rebound, came down, and just was like, who kicked my legs out? It's like no one, dude. You're all by yourself. <laughs> it's like on the other I end mean, of the court, just warming yeah, up by himself. It's like right, nobody brought. And he and he tore his Achilles. But it was one of those things where. The way I guess the the way your body reacts to it, the way you feel it, makes it feel like somebody got me, somebody clipped me with something, and that's not it. And so for them to say that it's a mild calf sprain, uh, I'm a little dubious of that. Like I think it's a little little games and shit. Not to not to have the fans, the media, everyone just freaking out over this injury. Just say like he'll be he'll be out for the next like four or five days, but he'll be ready for the the conference finals. And yeah. let's not talk about it anymore. Yeah, that's weird to me. Like, and why did why would they project it that far ahead? Is this different, like in the NBA than like other sports where they're just like, oh, this is the expected return date. Like, why? Like, I don't like why even put that on the table. Like, we're, it's day to day. We're taking a look at it. He's not going tonight. Yeah, you would think that they would go like the NFL route, day to day. Go, go, Patriots, day to day. But maybe they just don't want to get the increasing conversation that happens, especially in the finals or or in the semifinals, I should say. Um, I always think it's really weird that us as fans in the media are privy to this medical information. Like, it feels like one giant HIPAA violation all the way around. Like, you can't – I can't just divulge your, your medical information across the <laughs> – and, and nor can I you, bro. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, how, how, do, we, how do we have access and how is it, like, cool for – the organization to comment on a person's medical status yeah what is it right is it like uh is it, it's gotta be i remember them bringing up something about like in the nfl getting suspended for like not i i don't know why you have to do it it doesn't make sense to me a lot of these little things of where the difference between treating a player the nba like an employee or like like their own kind of entity and just like right. company is kind of like we're like they have to disclose information you know they're, they're required to speak to the media for a certain amount of time like all that shit just kind of it starts to get muddy on like when they're forced to do things like even like dress code is a little odd sometimes to me it's just like you can tell them what they have to wear from the bus to like the locker room right and and thankfully they've kind of they've stepped that back that was a david stern rule that was kind of like the that that late 90s early t- 2000 where I don't think that they liked where the direction of the league was going and the aesthetic of that. You know, you had lots of uh, lots of icy chains and yep. big baggy clothes. I'm really, I'm totally enjoying watching you tiptoe this line. Keep going, brother. You're doing, yeah, you're I know. Doing right? well. yeah. Doing Holy well. shit! I just realized I walked into this. I was like, wait a second, <laughs> this might be hitting the edit room floor. But I mean, this is this is what David Stern was worried about. Yeah, is basically yeah, like projecting an image that wasn't becoming. Now, like now, the NBA it's like a fucking like mini runway every time. Like everyone's checking out the fashion like tnt charles barkley and all those guys are constantly talking about like westbrook or like steve you know enemy of the pod steph curry was wearing like throwback warriors jerseys shout out andres baronins and uh <laughs> <laughs> bear davis um 
and so like so everyone now it's like kind of like this game of like well, what can i wear you know fucking lebron in the finals everyone was showing up in the gray suits like you know yeah. it, now now the league is very fashion forward in this respect yeah, it's cool. Okay, so yeah, we got down a little bit of the rabbit hole there, and uh, yeah, enemy of the pod, David Stern, faux show. Uh, oh, but, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, you're gonna tip down. Oh, you're not ready to make that call yet. Okay. No, no, no. I I always appreciated him for his ability to like pull punches, not pull punches with people, and like really settle people's hashes. I always thought it was like he was like this like uh, this kind of like your old school like grandpa who was willing to correct you at any any moment for anything that he felt like it and really just kind of like suck the suck the life out of the room i enjoy watching stuff like that because it's like the 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 the, the stones on this guy to like sit there and just be like oh fuck you i'm just gonna say to want him to settle your hash however which way i want it i always found it interesting i always found it made for good tv all right that's fair enemy of the pod we gotta see it eye to eye so we don't quite on that maybe we'll save it for these dog days of summer to dive in real fast sure. so durant Ooh. out for this series at least mm-hmm. um who do you got one of the series now? Oh, it, it, this is so tough, right? Because yeah. I've got t- tonight at Houston, um, they're they're a seven point favorite. Um, oh, let, let me guess, is it a pivotal game six? <laughs> yeah, so right, it was a right. pivotal game five, right after the, that pivotal the, game the, four. Right, the season <laughs> hangs in the balance. But it's like so so they lost last night. The Rockets did, and. I was looking at the stat lines before we started the pod, and, and Harden only took like 16 shots when he's been basically on pace for 24 shots. So I would envision a Rockets win. They're going to get a lot of calls. Um, I, I would envision this going back to Golden State. And then I don't I don't know. It, it really depends. I mean, Clay Thompson has not been great for the Warriors. Yep. Steph Curry, enemy yep. of the pod. We're bringing it up twice now. Mm-hmm. Not been great. He was dog shit in game three. He was mildly better after after Durant went Durant went down, but this team is like I mean, it's just it's it's too many miles that we see it all the time with these kind of mega dynasties. Like it's a lot of minutes, it's a lot of basketball to play for seven months, and clearly Durant's showing the effects of it. You know, Steph Curry's got bang, you know, is banged up. Uh, uh, Clay is banged up a little bit. You know, it's it's hard to tell. And dynasties end. And that's just what happens. They do. Like, they, they don't go on forever. And, you know, to be honest, like, they consistently end the same fashion. Like, with or without free agency, whatever you look, like, eventually just that hunger that will – and I'm not questioning what's hunger, like, individually or whatever, but it just gets harder to dig deep when you've been there time after time. And it's not taken for granted. It's just it doesn't have that same sheen that just, like, we got to prove ourselves. We need to get that first championship. We need to get back-to-back. We need to win three and four. And now it's just, like – all right, like it's just it's just going to run out of gas. And I think if you start seeing your teammates around you, like maybe they're a little bit more injury prone, maybe they're not on the floor, maybe like there's a little bit of spats on ball time, just to keep your guys like entertained, and then you see them backing off, and all of a sudden, you know, it just kind of disbands and it floats away. Yeah, and 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 that's a good point. And but still, I like I like the Warriors because when I look down at, I think Houston wins tonight, and I like and we're going back to Golden State. But I mean, if if I'm Golden State, you've got Clay, Steph, Draymond as my core three still, all stars, three all stars, versus Harden, who's probably playing the best out of out of all of those players. Eric Gordon, who's been playing really well, but are you can you depend on Eric Gordon? Has Eric Gordon been in there? And then Chris Paul, who I don't even think has ever been to a conference finals, let alone out of the semis, for as storied of a career as he's had. So and and then you've got you know throwing PJ Tucker uh, and maybe Andre Iguodala. So like if you were to take like those four versus these four, who do you like? I still I still put the slight edge with the Warriors, uh, especially at home. Yeah, you got to pick talent. Uh, talent prevails, uh, especially yeah. in NBA. It finds like the best talent, and it's you know it's that home court advantage, right? It comes down, and it's like it's it's too many things have to go right for Houston, and part of what has to go right is you know one and a half to two of those all stars being cold, right? And so right. it's it's a little bit out of their control. Where for Golden State, you know everyone stays hot and they play Golden State basketball like we've seen them play for the last half decade, and they're taking care of business and advancing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sweet, brother. Uh, all right, well, let's jump in to that next segment. Let's see if I got a little something here. Uh, don't touch that dial. Map TV right here. Sound effect. That's just in case I don't put a sound effect later. All right, uh, Map TV, uh, this is a little pop culture segment we're trying out. We kind of 
tap dance around uh, little things, but we just wanted to carve out a segment to talk. The big thing we were talking about is Game of Thrones and wanted to give mm. it some time. Here's the thing. like I know we touched on Game of Thrones three episodes ago. I want to talk a little bit, but we're talking about Map TV is about TV watching philosophy, what's happening now. It's not about like Game of Thrones. Oh my God, I can't believe that like, you know, the mountain got killed or whatever the fuck happened. So there's, there's no spoilers. It's just like, it's uh, why are you laughing? Is that what happened? The mountain died? No, no, no. It's funny because yes, I I love this because you keep talking about Game of Thrones, but yet you were, are you two seasons behind on Game of Thrones? I'm, I am. You're just like, you keep talking about it. Like you're talking about 90210. It's just like, I know the characters haven't caught an episode yet. Right. Looking for Brenda. Brandon, I know it. They're twins. Uh, Did the mountain kill them? I don't know. Episode or season four, episode six. So my first. Okay, here. So let's just we're in it. Map TV. Don't touch that dial. That's that's my tagline. <laughs> Map TV. Boom, boom. Don't touch that. Dial. Boom, baby. Boom. Uh, it's. Bow, 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 bow. I just want to get bow, bow, bow. Uh, it, Okay, so so I got through season six, and I think it requires like any intelligent person in all that downtime would have rewatched it. I've been learning it so much more. It's like, mm. it's like, I don't know if you've, uh, I mean, I haven't, I know what you think about my college GPA, but if you're like, I, you haven't had to retake a course or something, but you've had, I've had situations where like in college, you got assigned reading and you faked your way through just like the homework for that assigned reading. But then for the test, you're like shit. And you went back and you read the assigned reading. You're like, Oh my God, this is so much fucking easier if I would have just read this shit than I actually know right, what's right. going on. It's like Game of Thrones kind of requires like a couple times to be like, oh my, okay, I kind of know this character is going to be something later and now I can pay attention to really see what the fuck's up. Right. The first the first viewing, you're just getting the gist of it. The second little, viewing, yeah. you're actually, you've got the, 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 the graph paper out. You're making some cheat sheets, some notes along with it. Getting it really figured out. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I know you don't have that kind of time to be throwing around Father 3 and my favorite thing to be watching and rewatching and catching up. Luckily for the both of us, I do. So I'm able yes. to like go back through and find out what's happening. So do you feel like you're getting all you can out of Game of Thrones on your weekly watch? Or is it kind of like, is it not that important to you? You're just like, I'll see what I kind of remember. Maybe it's a good time to catch up with the wife. It's just like, do you remember like who he, how he fits in the storyline? Not really. All right, who gives a shit? Yeah, I mean, this one, they're, they're really closing out some storylines and without trying to give away too much for spoilers. Don't give away anything. Uh, I'm not trying to give away anything because I know where you're at. Pod partner, and I would never yeah. do that to you. Thanks, but no, but 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 looking at, but 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 they are kind of in this season. They're kind of rounding stuff out. They're putting some some bows on some things, and I'm going okay. I, I remember this. I I remember this through line. Um, but then you know what? For me, it's like then going and then reading all the other like potential theory. You know that I don't have to worry about spoilers, and so that yeah, kind of bridges that nice. gap for me too. So it is kind of like the the well, oh, what was it the not the crib sheet. What was the? What was like the cliff notes? Cliff notes. Thank you. Boom. Yes. Drink. It's ba- boom. Drink. It's basically like Game Game of Thrones cliff notes on there, and then I'll kind of do some internet searching while I've got some downtime and just catch up that way. You know what I mean? So it's like I've got like 15 minutes and I can go. Oh, what was that again? And really drill down. Like, okay, now I feel like a and you know like an expert. I feel like Varus and like oh I have all this information in my fingertips. <laughs> nice. It's like no, you just learned it like 15 minutes ago. Good pull. Yeah, I kind of feel like uh, I feel like someone's gonna like cut my balls out from underneath me just with like all these spoilers online. Is like, that I, how you say that? Is that the? I thought it was feet, <laughs> not balls. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Which which are like Whatever. I just yeah. I just feel like it's. <laughs> An impending disaster for me not to get on Yahoo and accidentally just click a headline or say like, I now I just look at the pictures on the left column when I'm just scanning like Yahoo feed and just yeah. to see if there's like a Game of Thrones picture. Then I just skip over that because I don't even want to see the headline. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it must be maddening to try and each week dodge that bullet because I know like any big sporting event that I've tried to avoid the score, it is like. It, 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 it's you everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's all consuming. And then as we've discussed. Uh, Game of Thrones being this like cultural movement where where collectively people in our age ranges are incredibly invested in these moments every week and the build up for all of this stuff and here Brandana is it's not even like you're detached where you're not even like fuck Game of Thrones I don't even watch it who cares about dragons or yeah. whatever but now it's like I'm in it but I'm like I'm like two and a half steps back from this exactly and we're not talking about like fucking veep or something or like the americans like right. <laughs> like a lot of people are tuning into this which is 
which is nuts. Like it just, it kind of goes back to that procrastination thing we talked about. Like I didn't do my homework. Like we knew that whatever time, like Game of Thrones season eight was going to fire back up and it was going to finish off. And I right. had that time to execute my plan of rewatching all the seasons so I could really get the most enjoyment right. out of this last one. And I fucked it up because now I'm just going to hear about season. I see pictures and I'm just like, worst case scenario, it's just like, oh, picture. Okay, so, you know, that person's still alive. All right, so now I know they're not going to die. And that's not like a, like the biggest spoiler in the world, but it's a it's a little little teeny sliver spoiler, a little spoiler yeah. of the – The big thing is like I went to see the movie – did I tell you this? I went to see the movie uh, Long Long Shot. Right, Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen. Oh, Seth Rogen, yeah, right. Yeah, long, yes, long you time. did tell me. You, you, you told me it was actually pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. There's a fucking Game of Thrones spoiler in it. Oh, I, yes, this is nuts to me. Yeah, like it's insane. Like a part of the like storyline was he gets her to watch like Game of Thrones because it's awesome, and then like I see like kind of this. It's not super pivotal, but I'm just like, shit. Okay, well now that's yeah. spoiled. like it's gonna be like that too. It's gonna be death by a thousand paper cuts. It's not like I'm gonna find out like whatever like a white walker was i don't flew to mars who gives a shit i'm not gonna find out like anything (laughs) insane that this was like like uh he was dead the whole time we're talking like a Shyamalan surprise here like the village or something but it's going to be like one detail at a time but eventually i watched i'm just like oh i kind of knew all it just it just finishes up and it's just bran as a a a boy and and you know 1984 and it's all in his imagination exactly yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. well that actually that is sorry spoiler alert exactly we had a real real dallas moment okay so the big thing that brought this up that made me really want to do this uh the coffee cup left on set big deal does that you did hear about this you did i did hear about this yes does this make game of thrones does this take it out of the conversation for greatest tv show of all time Oof, that's a that's a big question for such a small Starbucks cup. It, it wasn't even like a venti. It was like a grande. <laughs> yes. I, you might be missing the point. If you're just like, I don't know, wasn't that big of a coffee? It ain't the size <laughs> of the coffee, brother. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, it's also, uh, th- does, this show, does this show have it easier? Because, you know, like Sopranos, they leave like, you know, a coffee cup on the table or a hot dog from lunch, like no one's the wiser. But like in Mad Men, like if there was a laptop like left on a desk, you'd be like, fuck. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, but but Mad Men, there was a ton of continuity issues in it, right? I mean, but it was kind of it was kind of the issue of it, right? It was like cigarettes and drinks and stuff like that. I guess never, maybe nothing to like, mm. yeah, era specific would have yeah. brought you out of it, right? But um, but it is one of those things where the coffee cup in this like, you know, medieval alternate universe, it is a little, and the way and the 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 way it was, it wasn't like it was under somebody that's like arm and you're like someone's really deep digging to try and find it it was clear out on the table yeah it was and next to like a turkey leg and uh some mead some mead right exactly <laughs> like yes that. right and and daenerys and she's yeah. you know and that led to like a million a million and one like memes and stuff like that to which i i can only imagine like db weiss and uh david benioff like sitting there and these guys have like painstakingly crafted this from George R. R. Martin's books and really built this like this like we said this cultural movement yeah. of a show where people are wholly invested in this to then have what see episode what was that last week's episode episode five yeah so, uh, you I think know it's like four but yeah okay so to be then as as much as everyone was talking about that episode there was equal publicity by the fucking Starbucks cup that was left out of there that, I mean, it, I was talking to my brother who's all, yeah. Who's also in post. He's like, you pay some like guy, like three grand in Bangladesh and it's gone. in like, you know, an hour, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, there's millions of people that can fix that problem, but just no one from stem to stern saw it. At oh, all. Oh yeah. 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 Brother. That's, that's the problem. It's like getting that coffee cup out of it. Like cut that scene. Like that was, it's just like, how do those many eyeballs like miss it? Like I'm not even talking like on set. You should have seen it. Whoever's in, you know, in monitor, like the DP as they're framing up for the shot, like all that shit. Right. But then you get into post and the number of eyeballs in post from like, just like the assistant editor, like to the editor doing that scene, to like all the watch downs to the color, to the, I mean, it's just, it's unreal. Right. And, and what would, what would it, take to get it out of there like a few thousand dollars five thousand i mean even twenty five thousand dollars at the most i mean that's probably incredibly high to just digitally remove that coffee cup from the scene if that's a shot that you like i, I, I mean it's, I, yeah, a, it's a pittance like yeah you wouldn't have pittance. to cut it like it's not even anything like really in motion and it's just kind of right there you could just mask it with like just kind of like some light brown shit in the background and you would not even be the wiser right and and that's the thing is is that's 
that's the thing that really is is concerning or not i shouldn't even concerning it i don't think it takes it out of contention of being the one of the greatest shows of all time but it just speaks to the fact that it's like hey everyone we're we're on the 99 we're on the one yard line we've gone 99 yards like yeah keep your fucking eyes on the prize yeah yeah you know what i mean yeah so and thankfully for you thankfully for you brandana by the time you watch it it'll be digitally removed because they've already announced that they've taken it out afterwards see i know that makes me sad and i'm missing out on things i'm missing on the coffee cup i want to see the coffee cup see just another reason being behind right. fucking sucks i can only blame myself uh, I, yeah, so I'm gonna keep it in contention for greatest shows of all time. We should do that. I think we, I think we did do it. I think we did greatest. Uh, I think we've done greatest HBO shows a couple times. Yeah, we did a greatest HBO. Yeah, show, yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'll keep it in there just because like all that hard work and this world they crafted. And there's not another TV show like I keep saying like this might be the last one that grabs like the world's attention that we're all kind of watching together. So I'm gonna officially I'm gonna keep it in the running for greatest TV show of all time. There you go. There you Let's go. see how it's I'm just halfway through the series. Everybody relax. <laughs> All right, well, pod, uh, what, 94? Maybe you'll be caught up by then. Maybe yeah. if I had a vision. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. we got to keep it clean here. Like, all of a sudden, like, our audio takes a big step back. There'd be no excuses for that, bro. That's right. No Well, excuses. this is true. See? All of a sudden, coffee cops just banging on the mic. <laughs> Look at that. We take our podcast more seriously than Game of Thrones takes our TV show. You're going to hear it. It may be a sports. Uh, all right, brother. It's high noon, motherfucker. I'll see you in the middle of the street. Bring us to the jam. So let's leave it alone Cause we can't see eye to eye There ain't no good guy There ain't no bad guy There's only you and me And we just disagree Neapolitan showdown. I, I like I like you sent this, brother. I like uh you're kind of the glass half full to my glass half full. You want to keep it positive. Sometimes we go negative because we like Wait, to rant a little bit. You like to get me my, my glass half full to your glass half full or you're yeah. half empty. No, no, I'm half full. I'm still half full, but we compliment each other. We keep them half full. Oh, yeah, right. No, okay, I meant to exactly. say that. I meant to say that. Some yeah. d- but some some days you're I'm half full, some days you're three quarters full. Is that what you're trying to there say? Me, I mean, maybe like something I mean, I know you like to you like to ruffle my feathers. You like to get yes. Brandan a little fired up. Because I'm just thinking about people on plane. My new thing that's going to make my fucking head explode. And then we'll get into this Neapolitan showdown. Oh. Most awesome. I can't take this. And maybe we need to dedicate a segment to it next week. Like, it really. The fact that cell phones still fucking reset hotel room keys is insane. Oh. It's. Talk about your credit cards. If you've got a billfold with like a magnet, fuck, it's over. It's, it's it's awful. It's like it it, I mean, it does like we have all this technology, everything, and this still fucking have like the. Is there anything like going up an elevator? It's a janky elevator. You wait for it. You get up like three floors. You walk down the hall. You have all your shit. You are ready to go to bed? It's not working. You got to go back downstairs. You got to do like a lap. Like it's fucking. I can't. I mean, nothing makes my head explode. explode yeah, and mixing a few IPAs on top Ooh. of it, and you've got that buzz going. And you're like, oh my god, fuck it. Yeah, I'm gonna camp out in the hallway. Yeah, fuck what if there's this. another IPA waiting for you inside that hotel room? You just start banging on the door, shining <laughs> style. Get me in here. I need it. Uh, all right, brother. We're doing it top. Not today, though. We're keeping it glass half full. Yes, glass half full. Right, exactly. Half full. Top three quarters. Three SNL cast members take the ball out. Who you got on that three run? Oof. And I do. I was actually when I was looking at this, and I was like, I was feeling good about my list. And then every time I was like editing or changing my list, I yep. felt every person that I like move or shuffle or take off it, I'm yep. I'm sliding because <sighs> I grew up in the heyday of. SNL. Yeah, that's a big thing too. So, um, did you look at a list of names, or did you just do it all from memory because you wanted to see what naturally came? I did. I did the first, and then I was like, "But let me let just me ratchet through these yep. seasons." Yep, yeah, yep, yep. Because yep. I was like, "Let me look through it." And I was like, nineteen ninety. I mean, nineteen ninety to basically two thousand five yeah. was like is about as good as it gets at fifteen years, and it, and also too is like that peak. Like I was like eleven years old to like 25, 26, like that's peak comedy brain development yep. along with like probably some of the best cast members ever to be on SNL on one of, and I, I got very like nostalgic watching it. It was kind of amazing. Yeah, it really so was. With, and, and I think they go with um, like your cast members, your favorite cast members are naturally kind of who were around and like that kind of 15 to 17 yeah. era. And I, I think that yeah. sticks true, but I also like, I would double down on the fact that I agree with you that, our 15 to like 19 our like kind of 14 to 20 like it was just 
a murderous row, brother. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. The, and that's the thing is, is then when I look into it, I'm like, oh, this guy was wholly underrated, and, and how can I leave him off the list? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to apologize to the Phil Hartmans oh, and the Kristen Wiggs yeah. of the world because my number three, and I think this is even fucking low, is fucking Dana Carvey. Oh, okay. Dana Carvey is un un unbelievable. Chopping broccoli. Chopping broccoli. Chopping broccoli. I mean, just the impressions were on point. Everyone's got every cast. Oh, and this is why I love Bill Hader, too. Every cast has got to have that guy who can do all the impressions, like a Daryl Hammond, but can do impressions and do characters and everything like that. He did Johnny Carson. Carson. He did the church lady in that special. Yeah. I mean, remember the church lady? They might be a little younger for you. Hans and Franz. Garth from Wayne's World. Toots is the driving cat. And you've got Derek Steffens chopping broccoli. And, and, and I love, and this is an old school one where he did the McLaughlin group, where it was like, Jim Chamarino, wrong. You know what I mean? It was like yeah. calling on people to give their answers. <laughs> oh, I fucking loved it. Oh, oh, oh. And he had this one. Do you remember? Oh, shit. I'm going to fuck up the name of it. Massive head wound, Harry. Oh, you yeah. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah. It was so great. Yeah. He comes into this like dinner party and is like, oh, I had a, I invite massive head wound, Harry. He walks in, he's got this huge, like ridiculous, like skull fracture, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and everyone's like horrified by it. And he walks in, he's like, I'm dizzy. Like, <laughs> it's so great. I, I love it. The dog's like pulling on his hair. He's like, Whoa, boy, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> so amazing. Oh, that's good, but that's good. Uh, all right, I'm going to. Oh, so. Dana Carvey. Um, yeah, that's good. So I want to think Dana Carvey movie career didn't kind of, he kind of stuck in that impressions thing. Like didn't really take off. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the thing is, is when you look at it, um, he didn't, he didn't have the ascension on a career. Obviously he had the Wayne's worlds, but he couldn't like step out on his own. And he really should have, cause he was a phenomenal talent. He's a great standup too. Like I've saw him on, uh, uh, comedians, in cars getting coffee with yeah. him and him and Jerry Seinfeld. And it was really like amazing. Like I, I, I was like, Oh man, he was this guy from San Francisco who had this whole like stand up career and was like a real juggernaut got to SNL was at the height of SNL at the height of ratings spun off, did movies. And then all of a sudden you're like, he did the, like the Dana Carvey show. Mm-hmm. And then he just never really kind of spun out. Now he's coming back to comedy and it's like, he's just, phenomenally talented like you really think like this guy could do anything like he is uh he's in that steve martin vein where i'm like this guy could be like a renaissance person you know not just acting and comedy like he can do art and music and all sorts of other things yeah okay so dana carvey i think he was on for i'm gonna guess around ugh, eight years 11 i think you're right i think he left in like 95 yeah i'm gonna give you he cleared out 95 points Real like uh, he his stand-up special Critics Choice, which he kind of goes through everything like the framing OJ, like him saying the like his bedroom, like how to raise kid, like it's it was like I was obsessed with it in high school, like I memorized it for like a like a comedy acting thing. Don't worry about it. Moving on. There you go. There you uh, go. I, well, 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 I gotta give a consolation prize to the only SNL cast member who some a four spot who's actually judged a Neapolitan showdown. Jay Moore, baby. Get him back on the pod. Uh, and then in my three spot, I have, I mean, just his cadence just always had me on the floor. He wasn't a lot of sketches, but I just remember being obsessed with his weekend update, the note to self, the one, the only Norm McDonald. Yeah. And see, that's the thing is, is I think Norm for me was much like an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. Like once you go back and, and rewatch it and really kind of get, who norm is um yeah they start to have a greater appreciation for what he could do and here's another guy who's like wholly talented but like he's one of those ones that like i think his idiosyncrasies really doomed his career Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah um and and his weekend update like i was looking i just did a quick weekend update like list on that and my number one is dennis miller like i thought dennis miller was phenomenal um, and I even, cause I even did when I did the sign offs, like I did the, I did like a, uh, a, a mad version of, uh, that's the news and I am out of here, <laughs> you know, yeah, teach yeah. you babe. Yeah, babe. <laughs> yeah, babe. babe. And then, uh, Tina Fey, Seth Meyers, and then I had Norm and, and Colin Quinn. Colin Quinn was a great, and, but they, we had both had short runs yeah. at the desk, but Tina Fey and Seth, Seth Meyers is fucking awesome. 
Mm, yeah, Kev- Kevin Nealon. I remember Kevin Nealon. He had a big chunk. Kevin Nealon was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Kevin Nealon was good too. Uh, sweet, bro. That is my. I'm gonna give my Norm McDonald uh, fired for a four letter word. So that's four points right there. There you go. And he loves to gamble on sports. So he clearly does that's why. He love to gamble. Look at that. We just like kismet, just like natural forces <laughs> pull to each other. Uh, who do you got for number two, brother? Oh. So I went back and forth on this one. And I think I think because you're four years younger than one, that this guy might be your number one. But mm. I'm, I'm going to hold off and, and guessing on that one. I'm going to go with uh, one Mr. Will Ferrell as my number two. That's my number one. <laughs> that is your number one. I knew yeah, it. Yeah. I knew it. You called it. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, brother. <laughs> but, I mean, you've got uh, you've got the cheerleader sketch, Harry Carey, uh, Trebek, him and Daryl Hammond as Sean uh, Connery, fantastic on, on Jeopardy. Um, and the Blue Oyster Colt skit, the more cowboy skit. Oh, yeah. Uh, my personal favorite. Like, I, th- I had to think about this one, like, the amount of quotes that we do and, and, and oh, he had the lovers thing with him and Rachel Dratch. Yeah. Right. That was a great one. But um, when he did Dale, the guy who wore the American flag short shorts. Yes. In the office. Do you remember this? Yeah. Like Sean William Scott was it? Yeah. Well, it's the, yeah, it was the, uh, I think that was the first SNL episode after 9-11. And it was like, cause it was like, it was kind of famous. Like no one knew like how to be funny or like when they were going to do it or whatever. And it was like one of the first sketches after that. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was one of the first episodes. I don't, yeah, but anyways, uh, but that was great because that was patriotic, like casual Fridays. Yeah. And Doctor Misses the Commission. I always say, like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Just the angle of my dangle is directly proportional <laughs> to, to the heat of my meat. Like, you know, we love that line. I love those quotables from that. So, USA. USA. <laughs> You're the best in the biz, Dale. Yeah, it was just like uh, Will Ferrell for me. You're right. Like it hit me in that sweet spot. Like some of the stuff was like him. He's just like completely committed. And then like you could see yes. like him just everyone cracking up around him. And then just also his crossover to like movies. But like it was just like uh, it's just it's an amazing career. And you kind of got to see it develop. It seems like he was just hilarious out of nowhere. But I don't think that's true. I mean, I think I think I remember hearing like an interview when he was on. I don't remember who he was on. Maybe, maybe it was Simmons or something. But. He kind of talked about, you know, those first couple of years just trying to get noticed, like trying to get, you know, his airtime, which it sounds like, you know, after reading people who have been on there, that's kind of like everyone's story. But it's just like he just took off. Yeah. And he was one of those castmates that it seemed like in all of his interviews and, and maybe he would say differently otherwise, but he seemed like very confident in what he was doing at all times. And and it always came across that way. Like he always kind of knew where the funny was and was in and much like we see when we see these guys kind of rise uh, have these like little subtle moments as like the secondary or third character in there and like that was hilarious like that guy is funny and then to see him actually come to you know fulfill that that glory is yeah. is amazing because you don't see it all, all that often but every once in a while when you're watching SNL you're saying like oh who's that third guy in the back like yeah coming out of there like he just he just crushed that one line and like I, I love it I thought it was great um, Will, Will Ferrell is is amazing, and I have him as my number two. Um, who do you have? I guess is your is is your number two? All right, uh, in the two slots. So I went around on this. Uh, number one, I want to give a uh, to uh, Gilda Radner. Like definitely before my time, yeah. but like kind of paved the way. And it's just like all this shit. Like I was, like I just I recently watched like her doc on the plane or something, and then I went back and watched some like her early stuff, and it was really really funny so. yeah and that and that whole first crew came out of national lampoons like harvard lampoon which yeah. I mean, did we talk about that netflix movie oh i can't remember oh yeah we did it's got um this is drink everybody it's got yeah, will forte, will forte. Yeah. hey will forte plays in and uh it's like a completely and ridiculous like disturbing event or something like that I don't know. something like uh, a yeah, uh, futile gesture or something futile, futile yes and it's, it's based on the guy now i can't remember his name uh, and that whole genre, he wrote uh, Caddyshack and and all American Lamp or Lampoon, National Lampoons. Oh fuck, we might have to edit this out. I, I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm no, no. Movie. I think no, I think you're right. Like he did, yeah, they did uh, Animal House. Animal and they House. did Caddyshack. Yeah, and they Caddyshack, wrote for yeah. the and that all started with the National Lampoon magazine. The magazine, but in and at Harvard the Lampoon and Harvard the the paper yeah. that they wrote, mm-hmm. and all those guys came out of that radio show because they had a radio show, 
and, but they were all so like they were like theatery theatery but improv theater and never and breaking was never accepted yeah. i always remember that like that was a a cardinal sin amongst the sketch comedy realm and then like i always think like flash forward now you've got like jimmy fallon and then like even like pete davidson today like yeah they could barely make it through his sketch and i always felt like the gilda and the chevy chases and the john belushi's like i felt like that that was the right way to do it that's why i was i, I always loved like chris parnell because chris parnell oh, i'm glad you brought up his name it was hard not to put him on the list just because yeah you know it's hard like he he's never like the number one but if you go back and look at some of your favorite will ferrells or whatever like he is always like that strong number two straight man just like holding it yes. together yeah he balances out the whole thing all the time and you need guys like that it's like you really when you think about an snl cast like you really need it's it's like an nba team right you need like the role players you need the stars you need the guys who can be the straight man you guys who can do physical comedy you guys you need someone who can do the impressions yep. and then you need like the star you need the guy who can be universal and transcend it all and really carry it for you know five six years yeah yeah like this podcast you need the person that knows all the sports stuff and you need the other one that knows how to hit a record button so that's there you uh, go boom i wasn't looking for those compliments yeah there i love you bro you're gonna take my love um yes so it's that uh shout out to radner in my two spot i had bill Hader. So like I love Bill Hader. Out of the gate, man. Like if you like first watching, like he wasn't really on my radar, and it's just came in his own and kind of his impressions are just like it's amazing what he can do. Like it's spot on, and it's he had such a solid run. Like knew the right time to leave. Yeah. Still can do like you see like he's doing a little serious acting now, which is fine. It's just like a real that Stefan character. I mean, granted, that's just as much as how big of a fan I am of John Mulaney's writing as it is like Bill right. Hader's like performance, but. Uh, yeah, it's, it is, yeah, it was just awesome with the impression. Like, you kind of forget, like, I think for the first, like, at least third of him being on SNL, like, you kind of forget, like, how much shit you, he did. You're just like, oh, shit, man. He was, like, in a lot of this stuff. Yeah, he was in a ton of stuff. Super versatile. His impressions, like, and his impressions were impressions that, like, people don't call on, you know, like, Vincent Price, and then, like, the, the character of Vinny Vedecci, you know, the Italian host, something like that. That's a great skit. And, a fun, and just totally out there and unique. I love Bill Hader. And and that, that Bill Hader crew came in with, I think he came in with Sudeikis and Kristen Wiig and Andy Samberg. And that really saved yeah. SNL. Like, 95 was Farrell and, like, Sherry O'Terry and uh, Molly Shannon, Chris Kattan. Yeah. Like, that really carried it over. And then when they started to fade out, that's when you had Sudeikis and Hader and Samberg and Kristen Wiig. And that for me was like, oh, that's like a, that's, you know, that, that carried it for me. Now I don't, I don't watch, I don't know about you, but I don't watch SNL now. I haven't really watched it in a while. Yeah, not a lot. And I think it's probably like, like we said, it's a little bit of the age and probably like just a little bit of like how much content there is now, like, you know, kind of SNL, yeah. just on kind of regular TV fighting for it. It's a big thing. Like uh, before I guess you're number one to give it out the score or you're going to walk away with the crown, I would have to say, uh, does it? feel like SNL resets as bolt casts like on purpose. Like it's not like a few guys leave and a few guys it happens, but it feels like there's, you know, in our lifetime, there's been kind of two big or three big like resets where like six, seven guys leave at once. Yeah, I think they do. I think they do that. I think, I think Lauren Michaels just, I mean, obviously he's a genius. He understands the show better than anybody. And he knows when it's time to just reset stuff. Isn't working. and isn't afraid to say like, you know, you guys aren't cutting, you know, you guys aren't cutting like a, a, a Brooks Whelan who was, you know, kind of in that later cast who's really funny. He's been on some podcasts. I've seen him. He's done some interesting stuff. Like he's like, all right, you're gone. You're done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like That's we're weird. not renewing you. You know, Chris Rock famously was there and never really caught, you know, caught uh, any fire on this, on the show. And he was gone, you know what I mean? Cause he was like, we don't have anything for you, mm -hmm. but then he would find guys that like the Sherry O'Terry's that were these interesting, quirky. And it was like really fit the show. Rachel Dratch's. I mean like Rachel Dratch, you know, I don't know what else she's done since, but it was a perfect, interesting character and had really fun sketch ideas and was a great like really played like a great love interest with will ferrell in all those years and so i think he knows the show very well and well he's not afraid to sit there and go look it ain't working we're cutting it i'm gonna go scour the universe and i'm gonna go to groundlings i'm gonna go to second city i'm gonna go to upright citizens brigade and i'm gonna go 
and find the, these best young up-and-comers. I think the worst thing uh, that they ever could do is, is when they when they kowtow to outside pressure. Yeah. Like, he, he just needs to know, and they've done it in the 80s, the 90s, 2000s, and so on. Like, he needs to just carry the show, listen to what he knows is true, and ultimately, if it's funny, keep it in there. You know what I mean? And be damned with, let some of those skits play out and don't be... Don't don't try and like try and keep up with uh, you know YouTube and Instagram you know stories and things like that. Yeah, and keep it fresh, right? Like you just can't keep doing like the Target Lady or like you know like Wayne's World. Right. You can't like rest on your laurels. Keep it fresh. All right, uh, right. you Phil Hartman, you kind of dismissing that as not going to be your number one early throws me off. That would oh, definitely be my yeah. guess right now. Um, there's a few other one I guess. Like I think you brought up a good point about keeping it inside the spectrum when you were a kid. So that's gonna have me throw out some of the early classics where you might do like a Bill Murray, you might do a John Belushi, just to kind of hats off to the game. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go Chris Farley. Boom! You got it, baby. Oh, nice, Brandana with the save. Oh yeah, I mean Chris Farley, just a tornado of energy, like uh, a cast member's El cast Nino. member. Yeah. Go ahead, brother. Give your uh, let's give your fifteen seconds, thirty seconds of Chris Farley why he belongs at the top spot. Because, because I mean, he's a tour de force. There was nothing like him, and especially to a young, most awesome, just sitting there watching it. I mean, obviously, you, everyone knows the Chippendale scene with him and <laughs> sure. you know him and Patrick Swayze, Matt Foley. The Gap Girls. I mean, Dr. Mrs. The Commission always, like, when we're eating, I'll be like, lay off me. I'm starving. <laughs> yeah. You know, Bill Swirsky, super fan. Stop burst. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a heart attack. Big. That's another heart attack. How's that, how many does that make that for you there, there, Bob? And that's about a baker's, baker's dozen. dozen. Yeah, man. It was you know like, I mean? yeah, he was uh, yeah, always, always a great energy. Like, his one of the favorite sketches, too, is, like, the Chris Farley show or whatever. Like, when he was just like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, so nice. was like, so what, what was that like? Well, it's like, so remember when you were in the Beatles? That was awesome. That was awesome. I mean, it was just, I mean, he was just like sweet. And 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 we talked about Jay Moore in his book, Gasping for Airtime. I mean, he describes him as like the sun. Like he is just warm and all-encompassing and you just love, people just love to be around him. And we had this on, we have a list for the, the little pull back the curtain for the audience. We've got a list of the ideas. I think you threw this out there. Ooh. and it, and it And it came to me because... Adam Sandler just was on SNL and at the end of it did a, did a, a, a very touching tribute to Chris Farley. And it was like, it was funny. It was humorous. It was a little sad. And it just reminded me of like what an amazing talent he was and just all the fun things. And, and I went on NBC to kind of ratchet down my list and remember all these characters. First us, NBC, get your shit together. It's fucking super hard to find all <laughs> oh, these yeah. characters. And it's a weird, like all it's these a things. weird map website. It doesn't make any sense. It's terrible. Get your shit together. Like, if you ever wanted the young kids to go now and find out all about the history of SNL, yeah. you're doing a terrible job. Terrible. Because I had to work my ass off to try and find <laughs> fucking Norman Schwarzkopf and, like, you know, all this other stuff that – oh, the the one – my favorite my favorite scene from Chris Farley, little small little bit, where we played Dom DeLuise when they were doing an old Johnny Carson bit, which has all three of my favorite car characters – Dana Carvey, Phil Hartman as uh, as the sidekick there, and uh, uh, Dom DeLuise comes out there and he, they're just cracking up, and he puts uh, pies on Johnny Carson and and Burt Russell, and uh, then starts pissing his pants. Like, do you remember this? Do you uh, remember this scene? No. Oh my God, this is hilarious! And he's laughing with this belly laugh, like he's gonna have an aneurysm. <laughs> it's the funniest thing I've ever seen, and it's just totally random. And and then he comes out of it, and he's like, "Oh." Well, that was weird, wild stuff. Weird, wild stuff. <laughs> what, you know what I mean? Like, what about when the uh, like the classic coffee one, where they're just like the hidden camera, like oh on a switch God. and his coffee. He's like, "What you, what <laughs> you bitch?" <laughs> <laughs> or or oh, the Zagats. Do you remember the Zagats one with him and him and Sandler, where he's dressed up as a lady? It's like Herb and 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 Barry Gelderman or something like that, and he's like, "Oh." So he, she was like, mmm, that sounds delicious. It's a little romantic spot. And he's like rubbing on Sandler and like groping him. He's yeah. like freaking out. <laughs> oh, oh, guys. Uh, well, that is another victory for Brandana. Guys, send us your favorite SNL sketches. We want to hear them at mavsportspodcast at gmail.com. Maybe find another SNL window. We can break down another Neapolitan showdown. Uh, all right, guys, we got a little time left. You want to jump into that Brandana gambling corner, bro? Of course. Bring us to that jam. 
guys, we did this last year and it was a huge hit. Put us on the map. Everyone's still talking about it. Mm. NFL Futures, eight segments. This is one of eight. We are starting with the NFC South for those of you playing at home. That is New Orleans Saints, the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, last year we did this. I just threw it out, and then most awesome and I would say it. What we think over under after looking at the schedule and kind of breaking it down, we're going to do uh, kind of the same thing, but I do want to put my gambling brain to the test and see if I can have uh, an idea of where Vegas has the lines at. So most awesome. I like it. Most awesome is going to hit me with a team. I'm going to say what I think Vegas has the line at. Then I'm going to say my over under, and then I want to hear his. That's how the game's going to work. Let's see how Brandana does. Oh, I like it. Well, we're going to go after the number one team in the NFC South. We're going to go with the New Orleans Saints. Where do you, what, do you, what do you got that over under at? Okay, and you're not ranking these teams, right? Because that could tip the hat a little bit. You're just going to random. No, no, no. Okay. I'm just, I'm just. How to everyone knows that they're perennial favorite. Yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. Uh, I went a little back and forth. I don't necessarily think this is the strongest division out there. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, maybe even fighting for the weakest. Well, not the weakest division. I see. Yeah. I'm looking at you, NFC East. Uh, <laughs> right. All right, I have the Saints at over under set at eleven and a half. Eleven and a half. You're a little high. It's ten and a half. Oh shit! You know, I had it at ten and a half, but it's. I was really looking at that two games against the Bucks, and then also still a Falcons team. I couldn't actually believe in ten and a half. Does bring me back to. So right now, the Super Bowl favorite odds are. I think they're tied between the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints. It might be actually the Saints eight to one, and then the Packers ten to one. But anyway, so whatever. Like, to make it out of the NFC. Yeah. No, don't forget about the Rams. The Rams oh, yeah, I think they're, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. it's a three-way through a race with those guys. I think Rams are at 8-1. So we're kind of looking at uh, what we saw last year, like the Saints won terrible call away from possibly getting the Super Bowl. Not that they didn't right. have that chance at overtime, couldn't make it happen. Uh, you know, I think it's a lot of that same firepower and offense that we see. Like uh, Kamara got uh, Ingram's out. Where did Ingram go to? Yep. Ingram went to Baltimore. Oh, yeah, but they, they, they filled in with uh, – Friend of the Minnesota Vikings, Latavius Murray. Let's go, Vikes. Oh, man, I really – Latavius Murray's long. Anyway, like, it's a classic case. Like, can Saints finally fucking finish this thing out? I mean, they've been right. flirting around it. You know, Drew Brees is – what is it, 39? Is he 41? Oh, he's he's 41. He's yeah, 41. he's older yeah, than – he's, he's older than your boy. Than Tom, he's older than Tom Brady? You're breaking up. You said he's older than Tom Brady? No, no, I – no, he's, he's older than me. He's older oh, than yeah. Me. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair, fair. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, like, the you know, he's, it's coming to, you know, we see, see this all with these quarterbacks, uh, and it's not going to be any exception with Drew Brees either. Like, one day it's just not going to be there, and he's out that age with that over-under age where it's about to just kind of shut off. And once that goes away, like, the Saints ain't going to be able to pick up the pieces around him and kind of string that together for him. As, mu- as much as I love my boy Teddy Bridgewater. Is Bridgewater right. even still there? Yeah, I think so. He is. Yeah, they re-signed him. Yeah, I think it might but be. But it's it's strength. one of those things. It's like they are they pushed all their chips to try and win today. Yeah, I sent you that text, which kind of spurned this. Is like they've traded their last five first round that picks, great, or great text. you know, to like to to just get it on today. And and what they did basically this year was to solidify the offensive line. They signed uh, Nick Easton from Minnesota. They drafted Eric McCoy out of Texas A and M. And then they they uh, brought in Malcolm Brown from uh, New England, a defensive tackle. They're really just trying to solidify the defensive off- offensive lines. They they really didn't do much for agent wise. Jared Cook, Latavius Murray. Um, that's it. They're they're trying to just ro- let's go back. Let's roll the ball back out there. We're real close. Let's do this again. Yeah, and usually it doesn't so, happen. I think if you can look at the stats, not to jump on your line there, but yeah, actually let, I'll let I'll let you finish because I'm going to talk about where these guys shake up in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, uh, I was going to think we're, this is an over-under segment. You guess 11 and a half. Do you think that that's a, do you think at 10 and a half, are you taking that over or that under? See, 11 and a half makes me take the, like the under a lot, but also yeah. like not afraid of, but the, I think the AFC has a lot better, like kind of middle to upper tier teams. And I think the NFC has an upper tier and then a huge fucking drop off to where you can kind of just rack up a few like quick, like just rattle off a four game winning streak and then you're kind of done. Uh, so ten or uh, it being ten and a half, I'm going to take the over on that. Give me eleven games. Let's not put money down. Yeah. That's just my official pick. I'm not putting money on. Yeah, it. that's what I have them. I have them at eleven and five. I have losses at the Rams, Chicago. You know, trading with Atlanta, 
you know, they play at home with San Francisco late in the season. Yep. And those Colts, like, I, I could see them dropping those five games. You know what I mean? Yep. But then racking up wins against Houston, Tampa Bay twice, Cardinals once, Jacksonville. You got Atlanta, Tampa Bay. I mean, you know, they're, they they can squeak out Tennessee, Carolina. I mean, I could see them squeaking out 10, 11 wins. Yeah, I think the big thing is, like, you know, they're going to put themselves in that spot to kind of get that one or two seed, which gives them that home field advantage, which they like being a dumb yeah. team. And then – NFC Championship game, running it back. Uh, all right, brother, who do you got for team two? I want to bet let's some money. Car- Give me a big yeah, gap. Yeah, let's go. Let's 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 go. Uh, let's go, Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers. All right, let's let's hope Vegas did something stupid and gave them like fucking ten wins. I have them at eight wins. You're spot on, sir. This is the genius of the Brandon. I still Gamba got game. it. I still got it. Uh, yeah, this is classic. Uh, we don't know what to do with this fucking team. You know, I think yep. they uh, they. We didn't expect a lot of them last year, but they got a little hot, and then they definitely cooled off towards the back end and missed that postseason, which people thought they might have been able to do a little damage they could have put it together. You know, I don't, I don't know what to make heads or tails of this. Like, I, I love, I do love Cam Newton as a competitor. Something ain't right, right? Like just yeah. towards the end of the season, like something's off. That's what I, that's what I wrote. Like Cam shoulder question mark. Yeah. Like how how can how can you bet on this team if you're a Carolina Panthers fan? How do you feel good about it? They took Will Greer out of uh, West Virginia in the fourth round. little insurance policy because when he went down, the fucking season tanked for them. They were like 6-2 and two heading into week week 9, I think it was. Yep. Uh, maybe week 10. But then they, get, they also let uh, Devin Funches walk to the Colts. They don't have, like, big wide receivers. They've got Christian McCaffrey, who got, like, 320 touches last year. DJ Moore uh curtis samuels like who's their red zone guy like who's their big play wide receiver i just looking at them offensively it's like you're basically going to try and roll it back with cam who's banged up who you didn't really address too much on the offensive line and you're just going to hope that christian mccaffrey can just bulk up and and take the load and and Who's scoring touchdowns? Yeah, like, and that's who's all, moving the ball for us? That's the whole idea of Christian McCaffrey, right? When they drafted him, it's like he wasn't going to take all this attention. He was going to be kind of one of those yeah. players where you could get him in space just because, like, you had all these other weapons available. And, you know, like, with your team, the last thing you want is if you're a Panthers fan, you know, you can handle, like, we got to get better here, we got to get better here. But when you're blue-chip quarterback, you don't know kind of what his health thing is, how long-term it is. It's, I mean, it's what the Colts went through, like, a couple, like, two, three years ago. Now, luckily, Andrew Luck was able to get out that the other end, but a lot more information became clear, and I just – I don't know what level it is of Cam Newton. I don't know if it's, like, his – like, a little bit of his aloofness when they're losing, like, just kind of throwing off that back foot and let balls float, or if there's something, like, permanently wrong. Yeah, exactly, and I uh, I, don't, I don't know if he had surgery or not, but it's one of those things, like, a throwing shoulder – I mean, you know, Cam Newton could be like Andrew Luck, like right before the preseason and going to Germany to get like stem cell yeah. injections in his shoulder. I mean, it's you just don't know. But from a gambling standpoint, I mean, I looked at him and I was like six and ten, seven and nine. I felt comfortable. You know, they got Brian Burns as their first round pick, who's a, a, a good edge rusher, but he's skinny and light. And, you know, so is he going to be like uh, uh, another AFC or NFC South guy, uh, Vic Beasley for, for Arizona or Atlanta? Is he going to go out there and just get sacks, just disrupt on third downs? But what is he contributing today? Like you need those guys to contribute today. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, I just look at their division. You know, they're at Green Bay, at New Orleans, at Atlanta, at the Colts. Uh, they're at Arizona, so that should be W, Houston. But they home against the Rams. I mean, I just don't I just don't see – like I could see them getting off to a slow start um, and then just kind of tanking in the middle of the season. You know what I mean? Like maybe be 500-ish after week six. Yeah. And then you've got 49ers, Tennessee, Green Bay, Atlanta, New Orleans, Washington, Atlanta. And then, you know, I could see him dropping four of those games in there. Yeah, so I'm going to get him. Uh, I agree. I'm going to put him at seven and nine. So I'm going to take that under. I'm not putting any Mav dollars on it. I'm trying to drop this down because I want to come back. And Good. Let's do that this, this year. Off. I like pay, it. Pay All right, off, brother. Man. Good. Fuck. All right. You are no more listening back to it. You're okay. the official uh, secretary and talent of the MVP Sports Podcast. There you keep go. those numbers. Atlanta. I'm in, the, I'm in the Mav pool. Uh, Atlanta. What do you got? Uh, real fast. Which what, what are you going for, Panthers? Oh, I'm going under two. I had them at seven and nine. Okay, great. Uh, so, which one? Which one are you giving me now? Falcons. 
Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons. Sir. Okay, so I think Vegas is going to get this wrong. Remember, I'm not setting the over-under for what I think it should be. I'm setting for what Vegas said. I think Vegas is in a tough spot with this Falcons team. Uh, I think they went a little high. Originally, I had eight and a half. I think Vegas probably put them at nine. There's a lot of talent that just can't follow through. God damn, you're good at this game. Nine is Boom. nine is it is it is where it's at. Boom. And I agree with you. I think it's they like the offensive line. So in the draft, much like the much like the Saints, they're like, all right, our window is here. We were in the Super Bowl two years ago and we dumped it to the the Patriots. Mm-hmm. We're up twenty eight to seven. Let's address the offensive line because last year Ryan got killed. Our running backs got killed. Uh, so they got uh, Chris Lindstrom, who I loved out of Boston College, and they traded up for, again, Caleb McCary out of Washington. He gets pissed when you turn the music off on White Boy Wednesdays. <laughs> Does not care for that. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, if I had to make a real stab at what I just kind of label the Falcons as, what brush I paint them with, I would say they're the most underperforming team for their talent over the last three years. Like this should be yeah. this should be fighting for some sort of home field at least like the two seed and the playoffs are the last three and it's just like missing the postseason altogether. And, and, and I wrote a note here. Are are we sure that Dan Quinn is a good head coach? Like, are we sure about this? I know his second year he took them to the Super Bowl, and then they they dumped it and they put it a lot at the feet of Kyle Shanahan as the who's now the head coach in San Francisco as a guy that was just saying super aggressive. But then they've just been kind of underperforming since ten and five. Then I think they were nine and seven last year. Yeah, I mean, who is this team? What is this team? I mean, defensively they're a mess. And I get it. Keanu Neal and Deion Jones got injured last year at the very beginning of the season, but they were a mess defensively. Are we? I'll one up you, brother. Are we sure Matt Ryan is a good quarterback? Yeah. Yikes! Yikes! Yeah. Man, hot takes on the MAB Sports Podcast in May. Set that next to your fire to warm you right up. Uh, all right, so the Falcons at nine. I'm going to be tempted, as I always am. Wish this number was a little lower so it would be a no-brainer. And being in that division with the fucking Saints, I am going to put him at a 10 and 6. So I'm going to take the over on this. you going to take the over? No MAB dollars. No MAB dollars. No MAB dollars. And, and I, I, I had a push because I had him right at nine when I, when I went through this. Yeah. So take the over. But uh, I had him right at nine, so I was pushing on that. Uh, okay. All right. If, uh, if push was uh, an option, you know what? No, I got balls. Fuck. Oh, look at that. Well, you have balls. <laughs> uh, uh, so then we got Tampa Bay to round it out. Tampa Bay Bucks. Okay. So I think Bruce Arians pulls this a little bit out of the toilet. It fucking belongs in. Mm. So I am going to. I'm going to remove the point five I had on that number right now. I'm going to go six wins. Oh, you should have stuck with that point five. Six and a six half? Six and a half. Yeah. Fuck. Man. That's right. I changed the other one. It all evens itself out. There you go. Uh, I don't, a lot of opportunity to get out of this Jameis Winston mess, and just no one's pulling the trigger on it. So right. you reap what you sow. Yeah. Uh, so give me for this. I don't know, man. Bucks to me are so such a team that it's either like, Starts out three and zero. Everyone's losing their mind just because of like the talent they have with you know Evans and Winston and all that shit kind of clicking together for whatever reason, or their team you know go two and two and then you can tell they just don't give a shit and it's just right. like losing by twenty some weeks like winning by seventeen others. Do you want their first six games of the season before the bye week? Hit me. I'll, I'll, you want to run, uh, run is you this, is this, this going to make it super easy? Yeah, hit me with it. I don't remember what it is. Yeah, he, it's Forty uh, ers at home, at Carolina, Giants at home. Ram at Rams at New Orleans, Carolina at home. Damn, that is like the most 500 schedule I've ever heard in my life. Right. Oof. Uh, you know, so I mean, with that, I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the over. I'm gonna say talent prevails. I'm gonna say new coaching gets a new atmosphere, and I, th- I like it. And I think they can squeak out seven, a seven and nine. And you know what? Fuck it. Put some Mav dollars on that. There we go. I like it. Where this is Cha-ching, our mad dollars. I uh, I was a little low on them just because they were. <laughs> don't, they were you don't have to sell me, bro. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean Bruce Arians. I mean this is it for Jameis Winston. Uh, I didn't like the fact that. Oh, obviously I didn't like it. But JPP out for the season. Jason Pierre-Paul car injury out for the season. And I love uh, 
Devin White, the linebacker from LSU that they took, uh, I think he's a good fit. He they, they let some good talented people go. Uh, Quan Alexander on the defense, uh, Adam Humphreys on the offense. Um, but then I was quite, you know, Sean Bunting is a year away from being a year away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamal Dean, uh, another defensive player. I mean, I think their first five or six picks were all defensive players. Anthony Nelson of Iowa is good. It was a defensive end. But it's like uh, they're they're investing in the draft this year to make them good. I think they're going to have to be in shootouts. I don't like Jameis Winston in that. I think they'll put up points, but I think they'll come up short. Jameis Winston, 58 INTs in 56 games. Ooh. You know what? I'm not fucking great at my – you said 58 and 56 games? Yes, yes. I, not all of them he started. Not all of them he started. I believe that shakes out to over one interception a game average, bro. Ooh, look at your look, look at that KU that, baby. Not just over two point five GPA <laughs> coming out there. Look at that! My goodness. Yeah, I hit him at I hit him at five and eleven. That's what I had him at. Oh, fair enough. Okay, and I put a maybe sports dollar on it. All right, fair enough. There you go. Fuck it. Bets are made to be won, my friend. That's why we do what we do. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, we'll continue this. We'll spread it out, and we'll get them all done. Probably bring on some guests to talk a little bit of the division Ooh, futures. That right, AFC West. Oh, yeah. They want it. Patrick Mahomes. 16-0. Second straight year. <laughs> Whoever gets on it will be the prediction. 95 touches. 17-0. <laughs> it's just like they don't. Even, they have a bye week. Guys. Well, we're winning that, too. Relax. Right, right, right. All right, MVP of the week. Who you got, bro? I'm going to go, uh, as you're listening to this on Monday, mm-hmm. I'm going to go this, the yesterday for you guys, Sunday, to all the Mother's Days, all the mothers out there, all the Mother's Days, all the mothers out there, all the mother lovers out there, all those people out there, you're my MVPs of the week. Nice, brother. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i double up on that, and just to really show that I care, I'm going to give my MVP of the week also to Le'Veon Bell for his extended vacation, just showing that my MVP of the week is actually a joke. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell, touch a fucking football, bro. Let's change the culture a little bit. You've had enough time off. Give this vacation going. I, I know they're called voluntary workouts. Maybe when your dedication to your team is unanswerable at best, maybe you show up for those voluntary workouts and get kind of the Jets fan base excited. I like it. Boom. Uh, all right, guys. This has been the MAB Sports Podcast. Shoot us an email, Podcast at gmail.com. Leave us five stars. I don't rush through this. I'm going to take it slow. Tell a friend. We want to hear from you. That's all the time we have. I'm Brandana. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Live from Mab Studios, it's Potterday Night. Fame. She likes. Glamour. Runway. Style. Fame. She likes fashion.